I was going to do. I forgot. But I forgot who I was going to be this time. Um, um, I'm just, I'm just Ram. What's up? This is a uh, table takes episode. What episode? Ram? Three. three. Mm-hmm. You know, after three, we're going, going straight up. <laughs> okay, I've got it. Um, hi, I'm the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Oh, I'm the, oh, I'm the silver chair. <laughs> oh snap! Okay, Ooh. and this is table takes. This is table takes. Welcome to episode three. This one's kind of a packed episode. We're gonna be discussing a few Ooh. things. It's gonna be um, yes. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that happened last week. And then also, this is actually Tommy, and that's actually Ram. I'm yeah. actually the editor in chief of the Rampage. And I'm and actually an art director of the Rampage, and and something. other things, lots of stuff. He's all lots over the place. He's stuff. on. You can catch him on Medium. Oh yeah! Please read my yeah, sad stuff. <laughs> Speaking of sad stuff, I did want to open up this episode with a content warning because yeah. um, uh, during our second segment, we are going to be discussing um, um, suicide yeah. and self harm and issues like that uh, yeah. in relation to the recent passing of Anthony Bourdain and, and some others. And Kate Spade. And Kate Spade. Um, Ribbon piece. <laughs> Uh, I hate. <laughs> I say that in the most. I respect. hate when people say that. That's, I say that in the most respectful way. That's how I would want people um, to honor my. So, and, and I understand that these are sensitive topics mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people, um, yeah. and it might not be something that you're trying to hear yeah, on this so Monday. You could just stop or Tuesday whenever and, this comes out. Yeah, um, so, so you could. We'll uh, we'll include timestamps in the description um, for when that segment we'll starts, so say, when it ends, yeah. and you can skip to whatever. Yeah. All right. With that being said, today we're going to be discussing kind of the G7 summit that Trump and some other world leaders went to. We're going to be discussing the thing I talked about right now. And then we're going to close it out. We're talking about E3 and uh, some video game stuff. Just have some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. We need yeah. to have like a lighter. This is like this is like a, oh, yeah, this is like a sandwich where the bread is the fun part and the meat is <laughs> depression. Misery. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're going to start with the uh, with the political stuff. Wait, let me. I have not been on Twitter. Oh, yeah, sure. So sure. I. This is, <laughs> He's my papers. I, I should have. I should have shown him before we started. I know. I. So these let are, me, let these me, are fresh. Yeah. Let me. me. While you do that, let me break down. So the G7 summit. It's we're talking about. We're meeting up. We're talking about climate. We're talking about working together. Um, you know, there's a lot of famous people there. Uh, obviously, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, is there. Obviously, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, is there. Um, Angela Merkel is there. Um, the chancellor of Germany. Uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron is there. Um, he's the current president of France. Yeah. Um, and they're all there so, uh, cr- to discuss all manners of trade and things like that. Crossover. Yeah. Um, it's the most ambitious crossover, crossover in history. Yeah. Um, and there was some drama. Of course. Shit got a little gaggy because Trump tweeted that oh, it was going so great. And then um, Trudeau got up on a, in a press conference and said that, you know, can- Canadians might be polite, but we're not going to be pushed around. And I told President Trump this, that in response to his tariffs, there would probably be tariffs from us as well. Uh, so, you know, sort of a trade war. Um, what does is, what is Canada export to us? Steel. Syrup. Steel. Um, so if they, could, if they just did like an aluminum thing, that would fuck our shit up. Like, I like my maple syrup. Yeah, and people don't, people don't think about this. Like everything... You know, when we talk about, like, raising the minimum wage, Yeah, everyone's argument against that is like, oh, it'll cost the businesses more money, it'll pass, they'll pass that cost on to consumers. But here's the real tea. If we're looking at a situation where everything the company needs to build what it makes costs more, obviously they're going to pass that on to consumers. So that's the big deal with a trade war. Now, in response to... Trudeau's kind of justified uh, and very mild. If you see the actual clip, it's not angry. He's very. I, like, I don't think I could see Trudeau like ever shouting. Like, yeah, he's very chill. Um, <laughs> Trump responded on Twitter from um, from Air Force One, I think, <laughs> based on Justin's false statements. He called him Justin too, like not Justin. Mr. Trudeau. He called him Justin. At least he didn't make a nickname of him. Uh, at his news conference, and the fact that Canada is charging massive tariffs to our U.S. farmers, workers, and companies. I have instructed our U.S. reps not to endorse the communique, the communique as we look at tariffs on automobiles flooding the U.S. market. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada acted so meek and mild during our G7 meetings only to give a news conference after I left saying that U.S. tariffs were kind of insulting and he will not be pushed around. Very dishonest and weak. Our tariffs are in response to his of 270% on dairy. What the... F- <laughs> I don't understand. Like, he's making up Mm -hmm. drama for no reason. It's Canada, man. Well, see, I can tell you what happened. 
I, he, I've they, not they been met. on the internet. Him and him and him and Trudeau were at the summit. They they maybe they shared a joke, and Trump's like, "I'm cool with this guy. I like this guy. We met before. <laughs> cool." And then Justin did his job. Justin, yeah, we're Justin, call him yo, Justin from now on. President Justin. We're on first name basis. That dude is hot. No, is uh, <laughs> that dude is hot? Yeah, there's something wrong with Trudeau because like I feel like he's too nice. Like, what's your dirty secret? But, his dirty secret is that he's thick AF. Like, yeah, have you seen it? I mean. Trump is like the least attractive out of all that. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I saw that. Did you see that picture? The, I, I did. I've seen it. I was like, that's going to be like history, the, the Rembrandt painting. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a painting. I was like, what the Yeah, heck? It looks so much like a painting that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, wow, this is a beautiful artistic rendering someone drew. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I, I looked, like, I was like, oh, this is a photograph. <laughs> Like it's, it's and you know so this, good. and that's the kind of photo that photographers dream of because it really has an entire narrative and just a still image. Yeah, it's um, like if you haven't seen it, it's basically like Angela Merkel and a bunch of other world leaders around a table. She's leaning on the table forward in a very dominant kind of position, yeah, I mean, and Trump is sitting down in the corner with, with his, his arms, arms crossed folded. like a kid. Yeah. And I was like, this is gonna be like a history book or like AP, yeah. AP US. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even imagine what the DBQ is like this year. Oh my god, Ed, last like, year. Oh, um, there's too many. So looking at all this, I'm just kind of like, I'm again in that situation where it's like, we really have the worst leader. <laughs> we really do. I mean, of like, all the like regular the first, nations, the, yeah, the West, the, 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 the rich nations, mm -hmm. the, the nations with power and influence that they stole. We have the worst leader of all of, yeah, all of them. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. There was that thing about Russia, like Russia should be here. I'm like. That too, and for those who don't know, Russia is not allowed at the G7 summit because they invaded Crimea, um, and obviously they were condemned and they were thrown out. Um, yeah, it was so, used to be called the G8, right? Is that? Oh yeah, I guess yeah, so. I guess it was the G8 summit. Yeah. You no, know, I was um, like, wow, that's like kind of dumb. See, I didn't know that till right now. I barely understood. Well, what I, I, I literally G7. that's the only thing I heard from CNN when I walked past the TV mm -hmm. at my house. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, I don't know if Putin cares about that because I don't. Dude, he's a Trump is a puppet. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting puppet. And one of the fun, one of the funnest tweets I saw about this was some was like someone captured the photo of Angela Merkel leaning over, and it's like, um, what what does Vladimir have on you? I'm sure we can help. You know, like, yikes. <laughs> you know, just tell us what it is. We can help you. Um, I miss Twitter. Yeah, a little bit. Ram is on a social media break. I want a sabbatical. He's on a sabbatical. <laughs> How's your sabbatical going? Terribly. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw you tweet, like, the other day. Oh, yeah, I was tweeting, but kind of, like... Is the sabbatical yeah. just that you don't read tweets? You just put them out? Like, I just, is that the sabbatical? I just don't want to go on... I'm just not on Twitter. I don't have it on my phone. I don't have it on... I have it on my computer, but I just don't go to the URL. Mm -hmm. I have... Like, I check in once in a while, but I don't... I try not to read, because I'm just trying to cleanse my mind from, from this. I, I will come back, but for now... I'm cleansing my mind because it's just it's too, a juice cleanse. It's, it's too much. This cleanse. is like you read this every day and you just mm -hmm. get depressed. And it's true, especially when um, when Trump first became president. I was on Twitter basically from sunup till sundown, no matter where I was, all the time, constantly reading, 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 <sighs> yeah. getting everyone's feedback, everyone's information. Every and you know when Trump first became president, there was a lot of fear, paranoia. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of like, this is how fascism starts. And there's a lot of like very dramatic Twitter threads uh, uh, weighing what was going on now up against like, say, the rise of, of the Third Reich or yeah. uh, Mussolini's Italy or whatever. Like there was all these things and all these historians on Twitter just like giving you everything. And it was just a very traumatic time um, to be yeah, on Twitter. We need to. Yeah, so I understand why people take breaks. Now, some might say that starting a podcast about Twitter and taking a Twitter break might not have been wise. Nah, this but is a... Uh, listen, you know, it is I'm what the, it is. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the vessel for people who are not in the know. Because I don't know shit. I have, <laughs> like... like Easier I don't, e I don't even know how I get news now. Because I try not to read the news. That is also unwise. <laughs> I try to not read it right now because I'm like, you know, I don't need this right now. I'll be fine. Now I'm just like less. I'm telling you, you should just okay. It's fine to take a break. What you should do? Oh yeah, you should just read. You should just read Axios because they just do everything in bullet points. You can get everything. There's hardly mm -hmm. any analysis. Like you can just, I will show you the page. Did you read that New York Times piece about this? The most ignorant man in the world. Like, I have he, not. Oh, he, oh, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, he like he, didn't know who he, won or whatever. Yeah, he left. He, oh wait, no, I think he won, but once he won, oh. he was like, I'm getting off the internet, I'm going off the grid, mm -hmm. 
like I read the whole thing I was like this guy's crazy like he doesn't know what's going on right now yeah. he doesn't know this is happening <laughs> yeah, and I he's rem- fine and I remember whenever people would talk about it, he would leave the room yeah like, like he's avoided every piece of news ever and I think there's a conversation to have there about like the privilege of it all oh yeah no he said that he's very privileged like he can't like not a lot of people could do that. Yeah, I I couldn't like because as a and you can neither as as like kind of marginalized people I guess because of like yeah. race or um or or identity. Uh, you know what happens with the government could be very important. You know yeah. to us. Um, so yeah, well, I mean people people, I people in the people in the DACA program certainly can't disconnect. Uh, well, from, yeah, but from I think there's something not pay attention to anything. But I think there's well, I'll tell you, but I know people that aren't even on social media and they're like how the function <laughs> how are you keeping up with everything but they're not even i guess they're just lurking on twitter yeah i, I mean, mean or they have the push notifications on their phone for the news apps yeah but i i as an active participant in twitter mm-hmm. it's exhausting you know it, exhausting it be. is exhausting and i think you know and and we never planned for social media as a species um there was no plan i mean you know we can talk about our different fades, but from my perspective, there was no plan for anything. So we didn't anticipate the president. the creation of the creation of this um, huge social media framework where you're constantly engaged to things happening all over the world at all times. Um, and we're barely getting around to doing the research on what effect that has on our minds, on our sociology. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's definitely we definitely haven't found the coping mechanism yet for balancing our presence on social media versus our sanity. Like, My how do we mechanism stay sane and informed? Sh- shit posting. Sane and informed. On, that should be the oh, name of your, of your, of your. No, I just want to be insane. <laughs> uh, my, my welcome is, to my twisted mind. Welcome to my twisted mind. The podcast—it's just me incoherently rambling about something. Yeah, well, I mean that's just Infowars, right? I want to be the Infowars of the the left. Isn't that Chapo Trap House basically? It might be, but I want to be. Which, by the way, I've never listened to them. I've never listened to them. And either. like from what I, I read, it, I actually read, I, I shared it on Facebook. You probably didn't see it because I, I'm for, not I keep forgetting you're on a break. Um, but I shared a article this like mom in her 50s who's like unemployed but she's like has a husband so it's okay that she's unemployed but she's still trying to find work she's a copy editor well she started listening to chapo trap house and she got radicalized like she's a full like socialist now (laughs) and like her husband there's a quote from her husband in the piece like she kind of became radicalized (laughs) like she's she goes to like socialist meetings now and like her her, one of her sons made her like a collage of like lenin and all of the people uh for her birthday or, or for Mother's Day and like it's just this crazy story but it's also like interesting because and by the way she wrote the piece too because she's a writer so yeah. um, it's interesting because uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of data that um, millennials and such like distrust capitalism more than they trust it and yeah, lean more to socialist than any oh. other previous American yeah. generation I we're, guess we're going in that direction yeah and like it's just it's just crazy because it's like yo eventually these people aren't just going to vote they're going to be the ones in the ties running for elections like you know they already are in some ways well I have a funny I have a funny aside mm-hmm. funny story about socialism well communism mostly because uh-huh. when I was like in freshman year mm-hmm. <laughs> I bought one of those uh, one of those uh Hoodies with like Lenin and oh my Stalin. God. <laughs> oh my god! Like off the like, tanky hood. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. With the with like it's all red and like mm-hmm. it's like let's have a party or something. There was like some funny. Oh, like let's like, have a communist uh, party. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And my parents got so mad. Like they were like, "Dude, you know what they do to communists in this country?" I'm like, "It's not the 1950s anymore." I'm trying to be cool, mom and dad. I want to show people that I'm a communist. So oh my god. My. <laughs> Oh my god. I was in my that was in my communism phase. I was like, yeah, communism. That's all I want. <laughs> in first in uh, freshman year of high school. Yeah, communism. And then I think we're as a society we're going back into that phase, but I'm like, okay, maybe See, I don't think I meant communism yet. We're um, socialism. Yeah, and I'm like at like I'm at very like attainable goals. Yeah, we but, want attainable goals. But also when I think about the ideal society, 
it is kind of a communist one. Like nobody really like there's robots. No one works. Like or if they maybe people people make art. Maybe they they do things because they want to, not because they have to in order to survive. Like when you think about what a utopian society is like, it's not really a capitalist one that you imagine. Like you you know, you imagine a place where people are happy and you know, you you know, you know the ugly series. Uh, Did you ever read the ugly series by Scott West? Okay, well in their society, it's a dystopia actually. But Uh one of the nice things about it is that like they don't like everybody's like everybody like there's volunteer firefighters there's not firefighters anymore like people just volunteer volunteer to do stuff because everything's taken care of basically like they everyone has a machine in their house that recycles everything to make oh yeah i mean and things like that now granted it is a dystopia but for different reasons (laughs) for different reasons unrelated to um the uh uh, post-scarcity communism that they have in that uh, we're trying to radicalize you right now we are we're radicalizing the hell out of you we're radicalizing the hell out of you right now yeah but anyway whether you're a capitalist or a communist or a socialist, I think, you know, we can all agree that it's not great that our leader has a hair trigger temper and tweets yeah, about how so, other leaders are weak because they defend their own country. He needs to go on a social media break. Mm-hmm. Trump should stop tweeting. Trump should stop tweeting 2018. It's the moment. Like, he needs a social media sabbatical. Why can't we just ban him off Twitter? He, you know what? He should only have one Diet Coke a day and no Twitter. <laughs> that needs to be the rule for a month. <laughs> no Diet Coke after 6 p.m. <laughs> Like, God. he needs to think about it. And you know what's crazy? When he first became president, people were telling Twitter, like, you should delete him because he does, like, he violates your your guidelines because of the hate speech or whatever. He's like, look, we But honestly, if they did that, that would be... That would be that would be crazy because like a Supreme Court just ruled that he's not even allowed to block people oh, yeah, um, yeah, on yeah. his Twitter account. So like what would that court rule if Twitter deleted his account? Like you're you're taking something away from the president. That's like, true. Is Twitter like a like public a, yeah, public I, space then? I, I guess so. Yeah. That's horrible. That's like Twitter. it's it's really the marketplace of ideas. <laughs> Shout out to Jackie Jackson. More like the, I should have been Jackie Jackson this episode. More like Dang the it. shithole of <laughs> ideas. Like any bad idea just more like the, goes uh, into what, Twitter. What the cantina of ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's not because I put my ideas out there and it's pretty bad. Most of them are bad tweets. Yeah. Like half. Yeah. I sh- I think I should go back. Once I go back on Twitter, I'm gonna go back through it and like delete all the. Shitty ones, like the ones that have. No You're gonna th- delete your entire timeline. No, no. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. I got roasted. I'm gonna just delete every post that doesn't have like a, a favorite or a retweet, and then the like your entire timeline. Yeah, and, like my entire Twitter. I almost had that moment where I was like, I want to just delete all my social media. I was having. I've, I was, I've been there before. I was that close, but I was like, Yeah, yeah. Well. God, I, uh, yeah, I definitely had a, like a moment where I was like, I, I want to delete Facebook. Um, yeah, when I, oh yeah, when I, when I, when I became single, I was like, oh yeah, I'm deleting Facebook. Screw Facebook. I didn't end up doing it. And then when all the stuff came out about Facebook, like stealing people's data no, and irresponsible do. handling, I was like, I should delete Facebook, and I still haven't. <laughs> I still haven't. It's too much. It's too. It's Facebook, too important. As far as far as like business connects, it's like the most important one. Like more so than and even social, LinkedIn. And you know? social. Yeah. Stuff. I've I've met like four of my last like however many boyfriends on Facebook like just Wait, randomly just, just randomly like, mm-hmm. how does that work uh, just, well, they just add you and- well for the last two I was invited to a group called Clovis Gays and which oh. is funny because I didn't live in Clovis but I was invited <laughs> um and uh uh, I was just posting on there, like, or I commented on someone's thing, and then someone added me, and then we were talking, and that just yeah, that just romance and two relationships them. popped off that way. Damn, that's just back romance. To back. Romance in the twenty first century. It is. It sure is. Um, you know, where am I gonna find that? <laughs> Ram is a, as a single Pringle. Uh, he's ready to mingle. Um, I am not actually. I'm he, mentally not. <laughs> Ready to bring right. and mingle. Yeah, maybe he's not ready, but he is a beautiful person <laughs> for Thank anyone you. out there. Um, maybe maybe you'll have a sleepless in Seattle moment where someone's like listening to our podcast and like falls in love with your voice. <laughs> and then they see the real thing. Ah! Like, oh God, what is this? <laughs> what is this? No, I don't think it'd be like that. I, I think well, this, we're already going to the depressed, uh, depression zone. I guess this is a great Okay, so this is where we're going to talk about the um, difficult stuff. So if that's not your bag, uh, skip to whatever whatever the timestamp is. And uh, and then we'll we'll talk about the fun stuff again, video games and such. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about this because a celebrity 
Um, multiple. Multiple celebrities. Uh, uh, Kate Spade, you said, right? Kate Spade. Um, she's a fashion designer. She's a fashion no? designer. Yeah, she, um, at the age of, of 50, I think, um, was found dead. Yeah. And then Anthony Bourdain, at the age of 61, was found dead um, in, in a hotel room in France. Um, and, you know... The response to this has been kind of the typical response whenever there's a suicide. Yeah, suicide, um, no. Well, I, I, I even chimed in. I went back on mm-hmm. social media just to be like, hey, guys. Yeah, I, I saw your tweet. Y'all need to. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell my side in a bit. <laughs> okay. Because I wasn't right. on Twitter, but. Um, I saw Gordon Ramsay tweet, um, stunned and saddened by the loss of Anthony Bourdain. He brought the world into our homes and inspired so many people to explore culture and cities through their food. Remember that help is a phone call away. You see this a lot. Like people will give like an inspiring message of hope about him and then they'll include the the number. Um, to mm-hmm. the to the suicide hotline, you yeah. see, it's pretty much a unifying theme. Um, uh, yeah. David Axelrod tweeted, um, "Now Anthony Bourdain, how terribly sad! Please, please let us treat mental illness, depression, and suicide as health issues, not defects of character. Exactly. The stigma is part of what prevents people from getting help, the mm-hmm. help they need. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and then he gives the number, yeah, yeah. which, by the way, the number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Um, um." And then uh, the one Gordon Ramsay gave is 1-800-273. Uh, oh, I think the same one, the talk. Yeah, yeah the talk so one. that's the same one. So, yeah. you know, if you're listening to this and you're going through something similar, um, it really yeah. is a phone call away. Uh, if you it go to really Fresno is. City College, it's down the hall. We have a mental health services mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. From the Rampage office, actually, you can knock on the door and tell us we have a terrible podcast, then you can go <laughs> to the health services. Um, yeah, it's it's really is just a phone call away. Like, yeah. you, you're not alone if mm-hmm. just preface this but you need you you can get through this and you might not seem like it right now but it's because it's you're in the fog and Mm. you need to there's a way to clear that fog a little bit but yeah definitely but when anthony bourdain i don't even know why i didn't know he died until like I was on Medium because that's that's all I read now Medium mm-hmm. and there was like an article about Anthony Bourdain I was like oh what's up what's up with him and then it was like a mem- memorial I'm like what <laughs> like this is like I was shocked because I was like wait mm-hmm. then I went and googled Anthony Bourdain and he's like dead at 16 I was like <sighs> like I don't know why it shook me yeah. so much because did you watch his show I, I didn't and I wasn't actually aware of him um, until this happened unfortunately Ooh. which I regret because it seems like he was a <laughs> He was someone who inspired like, a lot of people. I, my dad watches him a lot, and I would I would sometimes watch it with him. Like I love Anthony Bourdain. Like he would like, like his first show, like no reservation. <laughs> like I know the theme song, and I know what he does. He's like a really good speaker. Mm-hmm. I remember when he went to the Philippines and tried balut, and like you would think, and I think the reason why it got it got to me because I was already in like a shitty mental state around that time. Mm-hmm. And like my depression rose back up, which was last week. <laughs> this was last week, and my depression was just uh, coming back, but it was having a flare up. But then I see this, and I'm like, this guy has, for all intents and purposes, everything. Mm-hmm. He has a successful career, mm-hmm. he's a loving family, he's loved by millions, but then it was still not enough. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, I actually saw someone tweet. I wish I had it here, but they tweeted like um, the Anthony Bourdain story is hard because it goes to show that no matter how far you get, you can still lose. Like, you know, you can accrue professional success and money and a girlfriend that he had, um, you know, an Italian actress. Yeah, a child. And still, and this this was the same thing with Robin Williams. He seemed to have everything and then you can still uh, succumb, which is really difficult for depressed people because I think we all want to think that uh, depression is like a journey we're on and that we'll get to the end of it. Yeah. But it would seem that that doesn't exist. Um, yeah, it's... Or at least it's more complex and nuanced. Yeah, I, I think that. it is more complex. It's like, but that just made me kind of... Mm-hmm. It's bleak. I was like... Super bleak. Like, I actually wrote about this on Medium. Uh, mm-hmm. You could read it. Well, we'll link it down there. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely... I don't even know why I wrote it. Your piece. Oh, you haven't read yeah, it? I haven't read it's it. It's just, I was... I didn't want to write it because actually last week, have you ever called the suicide hotline? I have not. I have last week, first mm-hmm. time. And cause I was just in a dark place. Something happened mm-hmm. recently that just really fucked me up. 
And I was just in a very, for people who haven't called it, I'm just, I'll tell you my Please story. do, please do. When I called it, I was just crying. I was like, I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to tell any of my friends or family that I was like, because I, I, for those who don't know me, I've been suffering about depression since eighth grade or seventh grade. I don't know, a while now. But I have had it under control recently because I was going to therapy, taking medication, and it was getting better. I was like, ooh, I thought I finally beat it. I was like, I, I got this under control. But then something triggered, like you have your triggers, you know, like the, those triggers are your depression, and you just kind of fall apart. And every it seemed like everything you've done at that point was meaningless. <laughs> and I, I had a thought, I was like, well, this is it, time to die. Time to kill myself at this point. I mean, I've attempted suicide before, but in like, I looked for a gun that my parents had. Wasn't there, they hit it. But if I had it, I think I would have done it. This was in 2015. I would have shot my head, my face, my brains out. But the recent one was just like, well, I, I didn't know what to, I, I was like, well, I don't know any means to kill myself, but I was like just so alone. So I called the hotline and this girl, this woman uh, answered and just kind of like asks you like, what's wrong to just tell us. And then I started laughing cause I was like, I, I, I don't know what to say in these things. Like, what do you say when you call the suicide hotline? I'm just like, uh, and then I just told her what happened and I was, it's like, how do, how do I end these calls? Yeah, that'd, it's, that'd be odd it's, for me too. It was weird, but it was kind of comforting. Just, just people listening. Just like, because here's the thing. I feel like, in my opinion, like that depression, like that voice in your head, or like, you know, that's like telling you you're a piece of shit all the time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like it when it gets attention from other people. Like it just, that's how it. It feeds off you not getting help. Mm -hmm. It really does. It's like insidious in that nature. It it really is like a, a saboteur. Like it it knows that if you get help, it'll be alleviated. So it actively works against that. Yeah. Like um, the shame. Like it makes you so embarrassed that you even have depression. So you don't want to yeah. talk to people about it. Um, Dude, this you up. know it it limits your ability to even get out of bed. So how are you going to make a phone call? You know all of these things. Um, but you know I think I think I. Well, I definitely speak for myself, but I think I speak for our listeners too. That I'm really glad you're still here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm glad, glad I'm that you. Here. I'm glad you made that call. Um, well, and I'm glad your parents hid that gun. <laughs> Very glad. I'm glad that they did too. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're listening. You should probably hide all those guns. <laughs> you know what? And let's let's, <laughs> let's actually take a moment. Um, if you're if you are an adult and you own a firearm, you should make sure that you own a safe or a lockbox. Yeah. Something that you can secure it away from people who are not you. Yeah. And also for yourself, you should make sure that you are secure in your mental health because it's been yeah. shown that owning a handgun increases, dramatically, dramatically increases. increases it, yeah. It's just like the possible, like, and it's the most convenient in most in convenient way. and least yeah. painful. <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. how I know that. Or people, or yeah, or at least people imagine that it's least painful. Yeah, I guess, but it's I guess like we the, don't know the for the sure. Quickly, the, yeah. the fast. I don't mm -hmm. know. But it's just, I remember when I first. I remember actually here at Fresno City College. Mm -hmm. I was going through a dark time in 2015. What a dark year. But uh, I remember I made an appointment mm -hmm. at the psych services. And they left a message on my thing because I missed the call. And I had a moment. I still remember this moment clearly because I was like, I could not call this and continue feeling shitty. Or I could call and make and get the appointment mm -hmm. and I'm very glad that I took that took that chance to that's because that's how I started like the whole mental health like my my whole kick and like with trying to get better and it does get better but it, it's a battle every day still it's still a struggle every day it's like sometimes it's not even noticeable but some days it's just oh god it's, it's like tiring but definitely work um, it's yeah it's work and like just seeing Anthony Bourdain just made me realize that I was like God, it's gonna be a lifelong thing and it's yeah but uh, I feel like but for you know uh, we see people like Anthony Bourdain who unfortunately um died by suicide but you know we don't talk about all the people 
throughout the world who are depressed right now who and end up dying of old age, and we just never know yeah, that about well, them. Yeah. You know, those people definitely exist. They're out yeah. there. I hope to be one myself. I hope yeah, to live a long time. Um, you know, I and I actually had kind of I had a I had a pretty bad weekend um, too. Just as far as like I pretty much didn't, didn't get out of bed, mm-hmm. do anything. Like it was just, it was just bad. And I and I reached out to some friends. Um, well, actually, one reached out to me, and then I used that to kind of reach out to others. Um, and, you know, I was just talking to them, and in talking to them, I realized this is actually worse than I thought it was. <laughs> like, what? Like, I, you know, this is actually, um, like, I, because in, in my mind, I've always thought of my own depression as very mild. Because um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of started when I was a child, like, I would just be, like, sitting in the car, and then all of a sudden, this, like, wave of just sadness would crash over me, and I would mm-hmm. just be, like, sad for... Seemingly no reason, but there was a reason. I was just really detached from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard yeah, to usually. discern what it was. Yeah. Um, and I've been dealing with that pretty much my whole life. Um, and it heightens in times of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was um, in middle school, faced a lot of um, homophobia and bullying yeah. and stuff. And middle it was extremely heightened. Yes. Yeah, extremely heightened imagine. then. And, uh, and I've kind of had a, a, a difficult year, a really successful year in a lot of ways, yeah. but also a difficult year. Um, so... In talking to my friends, I realized, like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really not as well off as I thought. Um, but I've, I've never attempted before. Um, I, I've done self-harm before, but I've never attempted to. Um, See, that's what I think with me. I never self-harm. See, and that's. And that, that, I mean, these are all, de- the, you, your depression manifests. You're individual. Yeah. yeah, it's all very, like, I think I self-harm in the way that, like, I ruin my life in other ways. <laughs> Right, yeah, like there's you, self-destructive tendency. Yeah. Uh, some people, their depression manifests as alcoholism or drugs. Yeah. Or um, just, like, hurting other people, like, yeah, saying some um, bad shit to other people or yeah. doing some weird things that... Being toxic and taking yeah, out how and you, you just, others. And you just don't know that, you just don't realize that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. you just kind of like, well, this is... And that's why it's so important yeah. to get help. But this is, a, this is the thing, the through line through all of these tweets that I have in yeah, front of me all. and so many more that I don't have in front of me was that the depressed call. person needs to call, call and reach out. Yeah. But here's another thing. Um, I think the support system that depressed people have, if they have one, they should try to get one. Um, yeah. Hopefully they have friends. The support system also needs to be aware and like actively reach out because it's really difficult for depressed people to talk about yeah. their depression. It's it's certainly difficult for me. I imagine yeah. it's very difficult for you, Ram. Um, so, and I read this, I read this awesome thread um, from this woman who basically her father had died and mm-hmm. she fell into a depression as a result and she just moved into an apartment and she could not unpack. Like she was surrounded by boxes. She could not unpack. And she just day in and day out, she would look at the boxes and feel sad that she couldn't do anything about the boxes and she just couldn't unpack the boxes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's kind of going through a rough time and one of her friends like called her and he was like, oh, hey, so you know, are you okay? Like, we haven't really spoken in a while. Like, you've kind of withdrawn. And she's she's like, I'm fine. You know, I just need to unpack my apartment, but I'm fine. I'm going to do it. You know, basically did everything she could to push him away because that's what depression will make you do sometimes. Yeah. And all of her friends basically got together and they randomly just, like, came to her house while she was there Aww. with, like, food and they just unpacked the boxes. Like, they basically rushed into the place before she could stop them, and they basically worked as a team to help her. And she was so taken aback by their kind of kindness that she ended up, like, engaging with them and not throwing them out. It was a a gamble. It was definitely a gamble. That could have gone bad. That could have gone bad. But... But in this case in this thread in this woman's life it went it went yeah. well so i'm not encouraging everybody who has a depressed friend to like yeah. make a huge grand gesture but i'm saying that you should be prepared to do something say something reach mm-hmm. out yeah be intellectually curious about yeah. how your friends are doing because you never know like i would never have thought of robin williams as a depressed person um, I, knew it was the best. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know that about him um, until it was too late. Um, and I'm certainly not one of his friends or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, and I imagine the people in his life knew that about him. But, you know, yeah. you, you never know. People are super complex. Depressed people are not Daria from Daria, you know, like, uh, have you ever seen that show? No. She's like, okay, it's, it's a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, basically. Oh. Um, and she's like this, like, very low-key hipster girl. Oh, yeah. She it's speaks not, in a monotone. Yeah. That's, that's not how it is. That's not how it works. It, mm-hmm. like, it can manifest in different ways. Or, no. like, sadness from the movie Inside Out. Oh, yeah. We're that's, not all like that. That's not you it. Know? Imagine if, like... She's a character, you know. 
That's yeah, that was exaggeration. a I do like that movie though. Yeah, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I, if you read my piece, it would be like, like the title is like beyond suicide prevention as the answer because suicide prevention is not. That's not the goal. I mean, yeah, obviously that's the goal, but like saying, yeah, suicide prevention, like you're focusing on the act and not like the illness, Mm -hmm. like someone with cancer, like you're not going to say dying. Yeah, you're preventing them from dying, but you're not treating the actual cause. Like they died of suicide, but they died because of the depression, like, Mm -hmm. you know, basically cornered them Mm -hmm. into that decision. So there's, and then like the number, yeah, that's a good quick fix. Mm -hmm. You could say that once in a while, but like after like, after this week, like after last week, would people still care? Would they like, it's just like, I'm one of those cycles that Mm -hmm. you always have where people care suddenly. And then week later, who who gives a shit anymore? And they're all back to the old bullshit. And that's what I hate so much about the news cycle. Cause it's like, Oh, there was a mass shooting. Let's talk about it for a week. And then we're done. We'll move on. And Oh, there was a suicide. So we're going to care very deeply about depression for a week. And then we're going to, Fade it, yeah. let it fade into the ether. But I think w- this is good to start a conversation, mm-hmm. but we need to keep it rolling, mm-hmm. which is why, like, and and w- with something like a hotline, it's really easy for like hashtag internet activism. Like you can just yeah. you can put that in a tweet, throw yeah. it out, maybe include a personal anecdote. Fine. Yeah. But like the actual work of it is way de- so for depressed people, the work of it the is, work is boring and hard. Yeah, and the work is like realizing, oh, I am depressed, and oh, yeah. I should, and then see, yeah, if you need help, it's realizing that you need help and then it's finding out how to get help and all of these things that are so difficult yeah and, and boring and hard and here's the thing even after that it's still a, like Cause a then you have struggle because like just walking into the therapist's office it's not like you know a healer and they'll just like cast a spell and you're good you have to like talk you have to sit there and, and talk, talk about your traumas yeah. and talk about here's the thing and here's my deep. here's my opinion about depression like i think it's a combination of your neurotransmitters in your brain being f- jammed up mm-hmm. and personal trauma from the past from everything like that that's the combination of those so it's hard because we don't know we're not really sure like what causes it you know like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that's why you got to do psychotherapy and antidepressants was even then not all of those will work mm-hmm. but you got to keep trying yeah it's a lot of trying and a lot of frustration and a lot of like and understanding that it's um, not going to be easy. Like you, the first it's therapist not. you go to might not be a good fit for you. Yeah. Um, and also the first antidepressant you try might not it's be not, a good yeah. fit. Um, I had a friend who they just kind of made him lethargic and sleepy, which kind of made things yeah, worse. I had Lexapro, the first antidepressant I used. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me want to, it made it worse. Mm-hmm. It stabilized my mood, mm-hmm. but it stabilized it in like, I will never get up for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and, like, uh, yeah. Like being on the ground floor is stable, technically. Yeah. I'm not going up and down anymore. Yeah, we're not going up at all, definitely. (laughs) It's just, yeah, yeah, it's like, it it, it doesn't even, uh, we we need a different, I I, I think I might just start a whole mental health podcast and just like, I mean, do it, do it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and you could have like a different guest every week. Yeah, that'd be great. I would, I would love to be guest number like five or something. (laughs) We already have this podcast, so Uh, make room for the other people, but yeah, um, but yeah, take care of yourselves. Yeah, take, and take care of yourselves. And I do think in society we need more. We need to destigmatize. Like, why isn't going to a therapist just like going to a dentist? Like, why is it this yeah. whole big extra? That's thing? That's why I you know? talk about it all the time on Twitter. It's just like I'm going going to therapy mm-hmm. with glass of wine. I think that's why depression memes are like. There's so many, yeah. so many of them because that's the only like socially that's acceptable the, that's way. The wor- yeah, that's kind of the work that we're doing. Like, yeah, that's like know? only socially acceptable way that like, haha, I'm suffering, but like, look at this funny. But picture. it does help in a way. It does help. I love see it. it, and they're like, oh, there's other people. Yeah, because I look at all those likes and like, oh, there's other people that find it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I like, I asked one of my friends. It's like, do you not have that voice in your head, like that tells you you're a piece of shit all the time? Or like, he was like, yeah, I have that, but it doesn't. It's not on all the time. Well, yeah. Well, for me, it's like constantly. It's like mm-hmm. every. There's no silence. It's just mm-hmm. like you're a piece of shit. Uh, look at all this dumb shit. Especially when bad things happen in your life, like, and it's your fault. It's like, see, question exactly. Mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> it's like, ha. You've been saying that you weren't a piece of shit. Well, guess what, bitch? Here I got go. new evidence. We have evidence. We got the receipts, bitch, that you're a piece of shit. And here's the thing, too. Like, depression isn't logical. Like, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a lens. Like it, it. So it it puts a lens over your life where everything is like you know 
not dark and gray, but just not vivid. And yeah, just to, the perspective the, is so skewed. And everything, so everything good is minimized, and everything bad is it's, amplified yeah, dramatically. And every piece of evidence of like I'm not a piece of shit, it just kind of goes like, well, that's inconclusive, and throws it over. Yeah, we don't know that for and sure. And everything yet. that could be even mildly construed as your fault or bad, it's like, yeah. well, look at this, look at the stack of paper I have. Yeah. It's even worse when you have anxiety too. Oh god. Yeah, which is a whole other it's a tag team conversation. Yeah, it's a tag team. It's the, they're the worst yeah, gank boss yeah, of they're, all they're, time. They're mostly like comorbid. Like that's what my therapist said. It's like, yeah, they're usually comorbid in that they work together. <laughs> and uh, when, when you, you have one, when your depression and anxiety have a better working relationship than like you and your yeah, colleagues or I, you and your girlfriend. I'm <laughs> like, I have a better relationship with my depression than anyone. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're back. Oh, Welcome back hey, to girl. my mind. Hey, girl. And that's the yeah. thing too. You'll you'll have a good few weeks and you'll be like. Yes. Yeah. And then I cured it. And then she shows up. She just like, throws the door open. Stop. She has three bags full of shit. And she's <laughs> like, hey, bitch. <laughs> Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Yeah. yeah. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. But yeah, definitely. We need to start talking about it. We need to start letting people know it's okay to talk about these things. And yes. Yes. You know, there's people to listen. Literally, just you listening to them means the world. That's literally what, mm-hmm. like, that's all like the hotline is. It's just a person. It's another person on the other side listening that they care about you. And the only difference between like them and a therapist and your friends is like they might have credentials and they're being paid for it. But yeah. anyone can listen to you. Anyone, anyone can, listen can listen to you. Yeah. And um, when you're listening to a depressed person, don't try to talk back. Don't give advice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't try to fix it. Um, there is, there's nothing to fix. They just want someone to. I mean, I guess there's something to fix. There but is something you're, to fix, You don't but have like, the tools. You, you, like you, you can't yeah. do it. Like, yeah. That's why therapists are there. And, and this is so hard because I've definitely been on the other side of it, where I was talking to a person who was mm-hmm. way more depressed than me and in a mm-hmm. way worse off position, and I was like, uh, "Well, have you tried? Because <laughs> yeah. you want because like have our natural, meditating our, natural <laughs> our natural instinct is to, to is to fix and to help other yeah, people, yeah, yeah. especially our friends and the people we love. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So what what do you do? What I, what, what when, okay? What, if you're talking to someone who's like not just like depressed but oh like, no i do this all the time i i hear people bad like they're like i just they're going listen. through it i just be like oh, man that sucks <laughs> man that sucks <laughs> no 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 well because i i i try to be understanding i try to empath like just mm-hmm. tell them how um, i active feel listening active listening be like okay or just like listening or like i've had this multiple times where like some of my friends would just come and cry right in front of me. I'm just like, that's, you're fine. <laughs> like, this is good. Like, I understand. Mm-hmm. And you just need to let, let them get it out. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to get it out. Like, that's why, like, journaling is helpful. <laughs> not trying to give, like, depression advice. That's, but, that's, like, yeah. it's just, like, verbalizing, getting it out of your mind mm-hmm. in any way. And whatever you want, like, but yeah, it, holding it in just doesn't work. But again, none of this is a fix-all. All of yeah, these are just sounds, tools like in a, the box. These are all, yeah, exactly. That's what my like. That's what my psychiatrist tells me all the time. Like my Zoloft, my antidepressants, they're not a cure. They're just a tool mm-hmm. that I could use to uh, mm-hmm. to keep my head above water. Yeah. So that's it. That 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 could be a lifesaver because yeah. Like here's the thing. Like <laughs> like depression makes it seem like the water is really like deep. But in actuality, mm-hmm. you're just like lying down. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I could just stand up. Yeah, that's like the. Oh God, there's. I could go a whole episode about like yeah. depression is so insidious and extremely. It's just. I, I do want to read a quote um, by Rose McGowan. She wrote an open letter about Anthony Bourdain after his uh, death, and I thought this part of it was really important. Um, Anthony was 61, the same age my father was when he died. My father also suffered from intermittent deep depression, and like Anthony, was part of a pull-up-your-bootstraps-and-march-on generation, the a-strong-man-doesn't-ask-for-help generation. And I think that's really the issue, is just that you have to get over this idea that you don't have don't need to ask for help or that it's shameful to. I so I think that's just the part of it. You just have to look into yourself and realize there's you're not weak for needing help. You're not you're not, um, you're not bad for needing help. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. Uh, you you just have a you have a unique issue, a unique health issue where your unique brain, that's like common too. Like, but yeah, yeah, also common. Yeah, you have a but uniquely yours. You have a pre-existing condition. Uh, yeah, and uh, you, where your brain chemistry has fired off a certain way that makes you see the world a certain way. Yeah, and it can hurt you. Um, so you definitely should ask for help. And for the people who are friends to the depressed, and you might be depressed yourself, but also have friends who are worse off or better off than you. 
know when to reach out and know how to reach out and, mm-hmm. and also know the signs, you know, do some reading. Like, yeah. you know, if your friend seems like they have a preoccupation lately with death and taking long <laughs> and taking long trips, uh, you know, uh, by themselves, you yeah, know, maybe doing certain things. Yeah. Then, you know, and then if, if they make a lot of jokes about it, joking, being ironic about something is a great way to explore the idea without any risks. And, you know, that can be a giveaway sometimes. <laughs> It can. Um, yeah, it can. Ram is making a face. Right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's because he feels clocked by the dragon or what, but uh, you know. <laughs> no, I'm. Yeah, dude, just we're here. We're, people are there. Yeah, and alone. you know what? You really if, aren't. If you want, you can even at table takes. You literally with your hot take just freaking on your own DM depression. me. Yeah, DM us. Facebook me. Do whatever. We're, I don't want you. Yeah, yeah. So so we're gonna here. If you're back from. Uh, Skipping the whole Skipping part. Welcome we'll back. We're back. We're back right. from the depths of. We're gonna. We're gonna. Very yeah, I guess quickly. We'll end with a nice, fun, nice fun stuff. Nice fun stuff. Uh, uh, it's E3 so this, right now. Yeah, this week it's E3. Uh, the um, I forget what the one of the E's is, but I know it's Entertainment Expo. Electronic Entertainment, Ele- Enter- Electronic Entertainment Expo. Um, it's it's the annual video game. It's the biggest get- video game conference by far in the United yeah. States. Um, and it's where all the new uh, all the studios trot out their new stuff. I'm most I've been watching all of it. Ram hasn't really I been watching it. I haven't. But I do want to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I'm I saw so that trailer. Excited. I saw I'm that so trailer, excited. and I was like, "Man, he sounds weird." <laughs> okay, yeah, I saw a lot of people. The hot take I saw was people tweeting like, "Is that really Haley Jawsman?" And I was like, "Yes." Uh, hey, his, puberty hit him hard. <laughs> his, his voice has been going that way since uh, Dream Drop Distance on the DS. It's been sounding more and more like not that. a kid. Yeah, and uh, and he's an adult man now. Like he's a, he's a man. So yeah, he um, so like a big boy. Though I can tell, I can tell that he. Is having trouble um, yeah. taking back to that place. Yeah, I think he's doing fine for what they're asking. Okay. But he does sound he does he does sound weird. Although, and especially because Sora has such a cute, youthful face in this version. Like, yeah. he's, he's although I've noticed that they they still use the same like grunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, they kept those. But mm-hmm. then he goes talking normally, and like, oh, that's yeah. Weird. I saw some people saying they should recast him, and that kind of hurts me because you know no. he's been with it this let, whole let series. Let him just do it. Let him finish it off. Let him finish it off. This okay. has to be the last game. There has to be no more. Well, they're, they're making more games. But oh. this is the last, like, Sora game. This okay, is thank the last God. of that. Like, I, uh, after this, new, I'm done. After, after this, it's a whole new, like... We're, we're, we're doing a reboot after this. Like, we're doing kind of a soft reboot after what this. What the fuck? Yeah. At least that's what Square has said. It's the end of the, like, Xehanort saga with all that nonsense. It's but, been 10 years. Yeah, but, you know. It's been 20 years. Uh, I don't know. Did you know, who, did you know who Aqua was when you saw yeah, her in the pl- trailer? Okay, I see, because there's a divide. There's people who've only played one and two fuck? and had well, no idea who that was. And yeah, people who... I played Birth by Sleep. That's the only one I've played. Really? Of the new... Oh, okay. No, I'm like, I'm talking oh, about the new shit. I almost... I, no, 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 no. You gagged right not, now. Like, I, I played one, two, and then Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. And I only even played Ventus's uh, thing. Wait, is that the Roxas looking mm-hmm. guy? Yeah, I only played his thing. I was and going through I only played Aquas. like a third of the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God, Ram. I have the I have the PS4 version. No, I have all of them. What? I bought the collection. Um, then what are you doing? I don't know, man. Go home. It comes out... It's called Depression. It comes out, it comes out in January 2019. You have a lot of time. I know. I was like, like oh, I have at least finished Birth by Sleep, and then maybe Dream Drop <laughs> Distance because those are those are pretty important. And then you're probably good. You're probably good up to that. Or go on YouTube and watch the compilations people make. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm so deep into my depression that I don't like playing video games anymore. And see, I I want to talk about this in a second because I agree. But I have a, I have a I have a thing too with this. But yeah. okay. So, uh, for those of you listening who are, like, intrigued by the idea of Final Fantasy and Disney <laughs> characters, but you've never gotten to play Kingdom Hearts and you don't know where to start, um, a YouTuber called Super Butter Buns has a video uh, about where to I start with Super Kingdom Butter Hearts. Buns. I know, she's amazing. Um, she has, And she's also doing E3 streams this year, so which would be really fun. Uh, listening to her react to the Kingdom Hearts trailer was just the joy of my life. So, um, But, yeah, if, you're, if you don't know where to start, there's a good video, to, a good primer. Um, but, anyways, I have trouble with video games and depression where if I start... Sometimes I will just Not fall stop. into the pit. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know that pit. I I, I had. But that I also bit. love video games as a medium. So yeah, I and I haven't been playing because maybe because I've been busy. And I think with depression, it's all about finding portion control. You know what I mean? I wanna I wanna because I think it's all about excess. Like you, if you drink, you drink too much. If you do drugs, you do it too much. If you if you stay in bed, you stay in bed for too long. Like you know, I play Overwatch once in a while, but like I I can't play play Overwatch anymore. I'm so I'm so over it. I'm well. That's my 
Ooh, I have like a bunch of like depression games, mm-hmm. like that I like to call that where I play it mm-hmm. when I'm like really depressed. Mm-hmm. Like some people say Dark Souls is their depression game, and that just makes it's too hard. I get <laughs> I get frustrated. Dark I can't Souls play. is not a good depression game. Well, a lot of people like that as depression. Game. My depression so. game is FTL, Faster Than Light on on PC. Mm. It's it's a roguelike, so it's like it's kind of like Dark uh, Dark Souls, where it's like mm-hmm. it. Well, fuck, you are supposed to lose. Mm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. once you are supposed to lose, fuck, we need to have a depression podcast. <laughs> like, just talking about it, like how to cope. But that, that's how I depression, or that must have depression because, like, I could lose. Mm-hmm. Like, I've played that game a million times, like mm-hmm. 500 times, but I've only won like 12 times. Jeez. 12 times. But, like, e- each win mm-hmm. is like. I've and then a, you do it all over again. <laughs> I, I've had a, I've had a couple of depression games in my time. Um, uh, it's mostly the ones I've beaten over and over again because they're so comfortable because I'm so familiar with them. Yeah, I can yeah, just yeah. kind of like passively listen to a podcast. So I'm that that way with Kingdom Hearts two. I've beaten that game at least Ooh. three dozen times. Did you ever beat Sephiroth on Skinner yes. two? Oh my! Let's talk about like <laughs> insanity and depression. Mm-hmm. Me beating Sephiroth. Yeah, felt so good. Like mm-hmm. I, I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. and you do it, and I'm like. It's yes. it's amazing. It's amazing because I'm not like good at video games. So for me, overcoming a challenge like that was like a lot. Yeah. Um. I also beat Lingering Well. Don't mean to brag, I don't, but I did. I don't I'll show you who that is. After <laughs> the pod, off pod, we'll talk about Lingering Well. Um. And then my other depression game, um, Dragon Age Two. I was obsessed with like because that game is so <gasps> easy. Dragon Age Two. Yeah, it's not good, but it's so easy to play and beat within um, a few days. Did you play Origins? Yes. Dude, Origins is like the greatest. I love those games. Or, or, well, I, Origins is the only one I like. That's fine. Because Origins is like It's fine to be wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I love Origins too. Origins, Origins still has the best, uh, best best waifu. Morgan is best waifu. Uh, sorry, I mean. It's all about Liliana. Oh, girl. Get off my pod. Dude, anyways. Liliana, dude. Morgan's really good in Inquisition too. Um, it's beautiful. But anyways. Um, yeah, so. Oh, and then the, uh, the last one is a game called Night in the Woods, which is like about depression. Oh so yeah, I still need to play that. Please play it. It's so play it. good. Not, is it on the Switch? Uh, I don't know if it's on the Switch. I think if it's, it's on, on the Switch, I'll buy it. It's on the PlayStation 4. It's on every platform. I don't know if it's on the Switch though. I don't. I think need it to is. play my Switch. I imagine they could add it though because it's. Is Crash Bandicoot on Switch now? <gasps> no, because hey, that's like a Sony Crash, game. No, Crash Bandicoot's gonna be in Smash. Mark my words. Is when's the Nintendo? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. I won't be able to watch it because I'll be at work. Crash Bandicoot is gonna crash into Smash. <laughs> and on that note, I swear to God, I it think will. I think we should leave it there. Uh, this has been Table Takes. Yeah, I'm Tommy you. Tribble. Uh, my, my name is Ram Reyes, and uh, those are the the takes that we have. And thank you so much Thanks for, listening. for listening. This episode was a little heavier than the last two, so thank <laughs> That's you. That's the good shit. That's yeah. the good shit uh, trademark. You can uh, find me in, on Twitter at twittercom TommyWrites, T-O-M-I-I-W-R-I-T-E-S, and on Instagram is Tommy Likes It uh, with. T O M M Y. I'm um, not on anything. Oh, and actually, Ram Ram's go, on a go, social media break, but you go can on find Instagram his... at at underscore at Ramwell. Also, mm-hmm. go on my Medium. That's the only thing I'm really active on. Yeah, and we'll have all those all those yeah, links. I'm in like the, in the in the doobly in the doobly do. Yeah, I'm doing some writing. <laughs> Hope you read it. Uh, he's, he's writing. Yeah. All right. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was a good one. Run, simply take us to your leader So we can surgically insert the vicious brain feeder The time is right if the option is viable Those of you who pray could be clutching your Bible Cause this man viable consistently reliable